What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
Moro here from Grundle. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond gal Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. With us on the line, none other than Noah McConaughey making his triumphant return to not only the practice track, but also the Big MX Radio podcast show. Noah, welcome back, my friend. <laughs> Thank you. It's been a while. It feels good to be back. I've been waiting for your call for a while now, so it's about time. Now that I'm riding again, I, I was waiting for your text, so feels good to be back. Well, it's it's. Uh, I do appreciate you being patient. It is a virtue, and uh, I, the, my thought process was this: as soon as you see someone having some 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 photos, or you're getting back to the track, you mean that means that they're starting to get a little bit more confident about going back to the track. They're excited about it. Then there's this this small amount of time where you see some some slow motion video, which usually means that they're not quite uh, uh, like sure to show their their full speed. And then once you see someone posting videos of like full speed video of actually showing that they're back and twisting it, then I yeah. feel comfortable calling them up and they, they got something to brag about because, uh, yeah, it's been way too long. Last time we talked uh, was before your injury at the, the Seattle Supercross. Yeah. And um, let, let's, let's, before we get to how you're feeling now, let's, let's, get the, let's dial the clocks back to that particular evening and the day that uh, you injured yourself and then kind of get, let's bring us back to, back to the present that way. Yeah, that, that was, um, I mean now everything just kind of feels like a flash you know to where we're where we are now but um yeah that was a long time ago and you know I was just pumped to be home and with the team and everything and you know all the all the local fans and family was there and you know it was going good uh first lap of the main they just track was pretty sketchy soft but that's kind of where I shine I love the ruts and everything and you know, they had a pretty hard section with the tabletops and it was just racing. Me and Mark Ear came together and unfortunately it he got hurt from it too. But you know, I I went over the bars and as soon as I crashed, like my first thought was like, Oh, get back on the bike, it's first lap and all season long I'd been coming from the back, you know, to tenth and everything. So I was like, All right, we can do this, we can still get a top ten and when I went to stand up, like I felt numbness and nothing, nothing worked. So I was, I knew instantly something was wrong. And then, uh, probably like 30 seconds after I had to kind of scrape myself off to the side of the track and then reality kind of set in. And like, there's kind of the two types of injuries. There's the stinger where, you know, you're kind of hurt, but you'll recover in, you know, two or three weeks. And then there's like, I knew it was bad. And uh, that was like probably the hardest part to deal with was I knew right away that I was going to be done. I was going to be done for a while. So, um, you know, we went to the hospital that night and they, you know, ambulance and everything. So found out I broke my L5 pretty severely. So 
Um, I just kind of woke up from surgery the next day. I had big old rods in my back um, from my L4, L5 to S1. And uh, then from from that moment, it was everything just kind of stopped. You know, we had a lot of momentum going. Uh, my confidence was building at a really high rate. Everything with the team was clicking and uh, it just came to a instant halt. So that was probably like the hardest thing to deal with was you just get all that excitement, confidence, and then boom, you're done. And you don't like, at first we didn't know how long I was done for, you know, and you never know the doctor, each doctor tells you something different. And uh, so at first, you know, they kind of, they told me that they permanently fused my vertebrae and they're like, yeah, you know, two or three months, you could be back on the bike. And so I was like, oh, sweet. I might, you know, we might try to make it for some, maybe the last couple outdoors or something like that if we're recovering at a really high rate. And then we, when I went in for my eight-week checkup, we found out that uh, they didn't fuse anything, which is a good, really good thing for my long-term health, but that I had to have another surgery, have all the rods pulled out. So that That's kind a of bummer. Uh, yeah, that, I mean, it was bittersweet because I'd rather be healthy in the long run, but it just took away, it made me realize like how severe of an injury it was. And it made me realize that like, I wasn't going to be on a dirt bike for a long time. And then like all those doubts, you know, like if you're not racing, you're forgotten pretty quickly. So that, that kind of sucked, but, um, you know, it's, at where we are now, I wouldn't change a thing. You know, there's a lot of blessings that came from the injury. You know, a lot of people talk about broken back and, you know, they talk about all being addicted to painkillers and depression and everything. And mine was kind of the opposite. It gave me just kind of like some time off, like a breath of fresh air. And I just had a lot of blessings that came from it. So where we are now, like I wouldn't change a thing. I'm really happy. I've grown a lot, like just personally, and uh, I feel really good. My riding is the most fun that it's ever been. You know, when you get something taken away from you like that and you get back on the bike, it just, it's unreal. So it's, it's been good to be back. Yeah. Oh yeah, getting getting back to it. Although uh, maybe a little rusty right off the hop, but the the, the excitement uh, carries you through that. And then uh, like once that rust gets polished off, uh, um, how are the few, few first few rides, first few times you get back on the motorcycle, getting that throttle therapy? And uh, although maybe a little bit limited with uh, either the wrist or maybe the the, the back's not a hundred percent. Where was your speed at? Pretty much right, right off the hop. Yeah, it's it's crazy. My speed was I didn't lose, like, my first day of riding, uh, like, a local legend, Rory Sullivan, was out at the track, and he was like, dude, you need to, like, slow it down a little bit. Cause my first lap, I just went back to where I was before. Like, I I just came to the realization, I'm like, dude, riding is dangerous. I'm just going to go ride and not think about it, you know? And uh, I was just right where I left off. And, uh, you know, then, like, everything else like where I'm rusty right now you know I had wrist surgery while I was out with my back to fix my scaphoid and uh that that's been kind of the hard thing to deal with right now so um you know I was good for like a lap and then after that I felt like all of my injuries and everything and the surgeries kick in but you know 
it was it's funny when something's second nature to you you just hop on the bike and when you don't think you just ride and it's so natural and that's kind of how like my first time on the bike was i was just so excited and i i was so confident i was like i this is what i'm gonna be doing today you know and i didn't have any doubts should i be riding i was like i'm gonna ride and uh you know i think when you approach something like that and kind of have a little bit of overconfidence in it that's the way to go then have doubts of like oh i could re-injure myself or something like that so um you know i'd say the rusty part is probably like physically because man first couple rides back were rough i I called myself like the two lap wonder because I'd I'd hit my two laps and then <laughs> my back would cramp and my arm would cramp. So um, now we're building up to like 15, 20 minute motos and we're getting up there, but it's, it's a lot of riding and you just make like a little bit of progress each day. So it's tough, but it feels good. Absolutely. You can't keep a good dog down, my friend, and you're back at it. Uh, glad to have you on the show once again, and uh, you're always a good interview. You, you, uh, you elaborate on your answers, and, uh, and you do a great job just representing yourself and, and, uh, and working on that. Is that something that you uh, uh, have been conscious of over the past, or is that you've always been a, a kid with the gift of the gab a little bit? Dude, I don't know. Honestly, I never thought, you know, I was, uh, I never really thought anything of it. And then at Seattle, I actually got to do that race day live. And, um, I remember Terry Beal, he's our race director for 5150. Uh, I remember like when I got done with the interview, I just kind of black out when I talk. And then when I'm done, you know, I'm like, man, what did I say? Uh, his mouth was just wide open. He's like, Whoa, dude, that was really good. And, uh, so I think I kind of have like a natural gift, but I just, I like talking and I'm passionate about what I do. So it's easy to talk about, you know, and, uh, when you, when you go through something like I've been through, you got, you know, you got eight months of the past to talk about. So it's easy to elaborate on it for me, but, um, you know, the questions you ask to make it pretty easy to answer. I've had some people that ask like, Hey, how are you doing? And it's just, you know, good, but yeah, so you make it a little bit easier for me. I do appreciate the kind words, my friend. It's a uh, it's a nice chemistry that we have, and I think that we make good radio every time oh. we get on the line here. Uh, but uh, like, let's let's look a little bit for, forward to uh, to the to the, some events coming up. There's some overseas supercrosses that are available to you if you get in touch with the right people, and uh, and of course there's this uh, this event that's coming up. Uh, although it's I think it's uh, more of a, uh, a uh, invitation only thing, but uh, seems like anybody who's willing to mix up some premix might be able to ride this two-stroke uh, 250 race for uh, Red Bull Straight Rhythm. Um, even if you're not able to race, that is something that is that something you'd be interested in. Yeah, um, when I was originally trying to get back on the bike, you know, we had plans of doing Monster Cup and Straight Rhythm. So, um, I I feel like you know I could I could maybe make it for Monster Cup, but that's like me talking without riding any supercross and supercross is a whole nother animal physically. So, um, you know, I, I think, uh, right now I'd like to do straight rhythm, but we'll see how it pans out. You know, I haven't, I haven't ever rode a 252 stroke, so I might need to throw down a couple of practice laps on it before I send it. But 
Um, but <laughs> yeah, sending a supercross triple, you should probably see if you know how to uh, even do a. Uh, well, actually, you wouldn't really have to know how to corner on the damn thing. But uh, yep. even just to, uh, uh, to to start one of them would be would be a, a good start. Yeah, if I could get it started, I feel like that's a step in the right direction. But I've watched enough Larry Enticer. You know, he just sends it. So I think that that'd be it. the approach that I would take to that because. I don't know how the dude gets up every time he wads it, but he's fine. So I feel like that'd be a good inspiration to just hop on the bike and send it. But um, but no, hopefully I can I can ride one of those things here pretty soon because I've never rode a 252 stroke before. So it'd be pretty fun to to learn how to throw some premix together and send it on it. Well, speaking from experience, I, I'm sure you would absolutely love it. And uh, if you do end up uh, gathering up some skill uh, while whilst uh, uh, laying laying it down on one of those machines, is there f- fair to say that uh, Trevor Nelson over uh, uh, at uh, uh, Trevor Nelson might be able to take some photos and uh, and make that come to life or what? Yeah, yeah, we're he and I Nine Life Media. Yeah, we got together last weekend. Uh, he kind of did like uh, just a free, you know, me coming back video. And uh, that was just totally out of like his appreciation um, for everything I've been through. So we're we're kind of talking about a project of doing like a little documentary from everything that I went through and where we're at right now and kind of where we're looking for the future. But, you know, we got to get some fun together and stuff and, and uh, try to get that working. So um, I'm sure he'd be down to come out and do some video of that, though. You know, he's he's got a keen eye with the camera, so um, it'd make it good. But, yeah, he, he's been hooking me up with the photos and videos lately, so I've been super pumped on those. No doubt. A young, aspiring shutterbug he is. Now, uh, looking forward to 2018, um, you, you finished off the season uh, rather abruptly, I might add, with uh, the yeah. 5150 uh, energy drink Yamaha team. They were uh, giving you an opportunity to uh, just give yourself your, your best best odds on getting a good a good results throughout last year's Supercross. And I think you did take a step forward, especially as far as Supercross goes, because yeah. if we look back at some results and just the way you were riding Supercross, uh, like the, the previous two years with, uh, on, on Husqvarna, it just, uh, you seem, you seem to struggle a whole lot more than you did in 2017, where you looked a lot more at home. Uh, do you look to, to stick with the team this year or at least continue to make those steps forward? Because, uh, you're trending in the right direction right before you stopped. Yeah, definitely. You know, I, uh, uh, JMC, they gave me a great program for what I had and my mechanic Jensen gave me everything that he had. And, you know, I was, I was getting confident on that bike. And then, um, you know, I got the offer for 5150 to fill in and I just, you know, I prayed about it and I was like, this is the, this is what I've been working for. So, um, first day with the guys, I was just blown away. You know, the bike, the bike is really good and I feel like the Yamaha fits me really well. So being a taller guy, I feel like the cockpit on the bike is a little more open. So I just felt more comfortable on the bike. And then they just have a really good suspension engine package and uh, they have a lot of knowledge around the team and just the entire program got me going, you know, it gave me a lot of confidence, the practice program, the race program and, everybody's there for your best interest. And, uh, you know, my mechanic puffer, we just, we started working together during the break from Dallas and 
my confidence just kept getting higher and higher and we put in a lot of work <laughs> we got a lot faster and uh you know unfortunately we did not get to show that at Seattle because I was pretty firmly believing that we were capable of a top five at Seattle and uh you know I think that's where we can we can be next year um so we're just gonna stay on that same program they've stayed loyal to me through this whole thing which means a lot and uh you know I just I know we can start right where we finished off and then just keep building from there and um you know when you get an opportunity like that it gives you a lot of confidence and appreciation for where you came from and uh you know where I started it was hard you know the first two years of supercross you just kind of jump right into it when you're a privateer you don't know who to talk to where to go to to get the best stuff and then you know you get on a team like 5150 and they have all the tools right there and then they kind of direct you where to go you know and so my trainer uh Kevin Urquhart and I we just kind of got that program going and we just kept building during the break and uh man right before Seattle we were we were going pretty good so um plans are for next year that you know I'll head down here pretty soon once I feel ready and fit to ride supercross um and then we'll just go back to work and you know treat it like a nine to five and uh I think right now we still got plenty of time to build before Anaheim one so we're not going to be behind the eight ball you know we'll be we'll be ready for it Let's talk a little bit about Erky right now. Kevin Urquhart, a guy who raced in Canada as a professional, a lot of success and an absolute character. Uh, how did you come across this goofball? Why do you trust him to uh, to, to take you to the top? And uh, and and what, maybe what were some of your better Kevin Urquhart stories? Because that guy is pure comedy. <laughs> he is. He is. Uh... Man, I actually, I grew up watching him and my brother race. And my brother and him were like rivals. So it's kind of funny that it worked out with him and I training. And uh, it was funny, like, I was, I sucked at Supercross. Like, I was terrible. And um, one day he was like, hey, why don't I come to the track and kind of help you out a little bit? And, uh, you know, so we just kind of started from there. And, like, he he just showed me, like, the techniques and then we just kind of formed like a routine. He helped me get confident on the bike and he taught me a lot of things mentally that I really needed. And, uh, you know, now he's kind of like an older brother for me. So we just, we kind of have that like brotherly relationship where we work good together. Um, he gets on me if I need to do something. And, uh, you know, (laughs) as far as stories go, like it's usually him, uh, I don't know, complaining about me forgetting to do something or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm like smart. I just forget to, I don't know. I just spate airhead sometimes. So he's usually having to remind me to like ice my broken wrist or something like that. So I'm sure he's got most of the stories about me than I got to tell about him, but uh, no, he's a good time. It's fun watching him rip up the 125 two stroke and whatever he's riding up there in Canada. So if you want to get the best Erky stories though, just go on life of Urkel on Instagram. And that's kind of where you see the real Kevin Urquhart. <laughs> the real Kevin Urquhart can be found at, uh, is it the, is it, what is it again? His, his Instagram account? Uh, it's uh life of Urkel. So life of Urkel. Yeah. You look it up that guy. and yeah, I don't, 
I don't think Larry Enticer or Ronnie Mack have anything on him. So he's he's kind of like the OG of them all. I think he's like kind of a distant cousin of both of them, uh, and which is it's, yeah. it's a Motov cocktail for absolute success and uh, uh, some deplorable acts. But uh, the guy <laughs> seems to bring out the best in you, my friend, uh, definitely taking a step forward in Supercross. Not to discount your abilities prior to, to having him in your corner, but really the guy uh, has has – made a he he's helped you make huge steps forward and uh and, and if that is to continue um like where is 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 the sky the limit as far as your results in supercross uh what what kind of goal can you set for yourself realistically moving into uh into 2018 or is there such thing as a realistic goal or are we just going for the top of the box yeah no i i think uh realistic goals is top five you know um when i when i got ninth in Oakland, I was down on the first turn for like 30 seconds, came back. And then Dallas, I was on, I crashed in the first turn, got taken out twice, and I still finished 11th. So um, where I was right before I got hurt, I was capable of that seventh, eighth spot. And uh, I feel like by the time of Seattle, you know, going into the last couple of rounds, I felt like, and just the class thins out towards the end of the year. So I feel like I should have been top five, um, you know, and I, where Kevin really helped me is uh, he kind of helped me realize where I was in the sport. You know, I no longer looked at like guys I was racing against as guys that I couldn't beat. I looked at those guys as just guys that I need to get a better start than to make it easier on myself. So um, he kind of helped me get that chip on my shoulder from, you know, where we started. And then uh, this injury has just really helped me mentally. You know, I got to take a step back and actually see what I accomplished last year by myself and then I got to see what I accomplished you know once I got on 5150 and I got to see where I was and uh a lot of times when you're just racing week in week out you get a little beat down and you don't really see that and then when you take some time away from the sport you step back and you're like man I was I was close to that I just needed that start or you know that perfect moto and uh you know my Achilles heel last year was starts and I just made bad decisions on the first lap because wouldn't matter if I got a good start or not. I'd do something stupid and go down the first lap or something. So, um, you know, it just kind of helped me realize like where my talent actually is. And then, uh, this whole time, you know, I've been injured. I haven't been sitting, I've been training. So we kind of switched it up and got stand up jet ski in there and just helping with my balance and everything. And, uh, I'm actually a lot more fit than I was racing last year. Just my, you know, the bike conditioning isn't there. Um, but that'll, that'll come as we're riding. So I think, you know, come Anaheim one, uh, I believe in coming in with no expectations, no excuses, but where I want to be is top five. And I know that's where I should be and can be. So, um, I think that's kind of our ultimate goal. And then, you know, after we achieve that, I think just, I believe in keeping the ball rolling. You know, I don't think if you get a top five, you should just automatically shoot for a win. I think you get a top five, you shoot for another top five, try to make it consistent. So I think that's kind of where I'm at mentally. That's where my goals are at is I want to get back. I want to have the best off season that I can possibly have and uh, just enjoy my time on the bike. And when we're coming into Anaheim, come in just excited to race because that's where I'm at right now. I don't have any pressure. I'm just excited to be able to race. So 
um, while people might be nervous, I'm going to be excited and pumped. And that's why my second day on the bike, I decided to do the local race out here at Airway Heights, you know, just because I've been missing it so much. So um, I'm just, I'm ready to get back at it. And, uh, you know, the I'll let the results speak for themselves when we go racing. Hey, everyone. Let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly. Then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like zipper lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. What's wrong, Jeff? I don't know, Jay. Well, you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran. Oats and bran? I didn't think there was such a thing. That's what I used to think. Now, I start out every morning with a bowl of Amigos. For extreme kids like us. That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to WBYAUSA.com today. WUSA all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying them. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it, these guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one of a kind. The reason why they're one of a kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop 
to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you could have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia, and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the Viral brand. That 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 you will, and I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're back. You've been back on uh, a starting gate, getting some gate drops. And speaking of gate drops, this time last year you were returning, uh, and most likely with some jet lag from uh, from Italy, uh, where you uh, represented not the United States of America, but Puerto Rico on a number yeah. 99. Uh, uh, two, was it you on a 250F or a 450F uh, or, on or uh, Kawasaki? I was on the 450. There. Yeah. I don't think we ever really touched too much on uh, on that experience, but uh, if you can also touch on that as well as as your thoughts on uh, unfortunately one of the the worst uh, results for uh, Team USA. Uh, unfortunately, uh, one guy had a torn ACL, and the other uh, like a, a, a an HRC factory Honda broke two motos in a row. Which uh, yeah. I don't think that's that's those two things are never going to cap happened to one team ever again but uh that's what uh, those were the cards the team usa was dealt yeah you know um going going back to last year for me it was that was like the experience of a lifetime and uh i i feel like that was one of the best times riding that i've ever had and one of the best motos i've ever had was you know unfortunately we didn't make it to the a final but in the b final i got i believe i got second in the moto but I came from way back because I, I had a crash and uh, I laid like full blown. I, I know I would have been like doing good in the, in the mains, but that was just the funnest time. That track was unreal. And uh, so going there, you know, Puerto Rico did really good this year. They had a good team um, and I was pumped for them and USA, man, I thought, I thought we'd kind of be the sleepers and, you know, Osborne just totally killed it, but there's when it's muddy and you just can't predict what's going to happen. And, uh, it was a bummer with Sealy's bike, you know, motorcycles break though. That's, that's racing. If it, yeah. if it were easy and you could predict everything, it wouldn't be motocross. So, um, you know, there's a lot of fast dudes. That's the fast, that's the like most stacked race in the world. So, um, I thought Covington, you know, I thought he did awesome. You know, I raced against him my whole amateur career. He's been killing it over there. So, and uh, that was his first race on a 450. So, um, you know, I I thought he could have done. Was he the one that had the torn MCL or ACL? 
ACL, yeah. Basically, he's racing out there on one knee on a bike that he's never raced as a professional. Yeah, and he, he totally killed it um, in the qualifying races still. So, um, especially yeah. when it's muddy, too, you're not – you're trying to use all your grip strength and everything, keeping keeping out of the ruts. So um, it was it was a bummer to see the results, but regardless, I mean, at least we don't kneel during the flag. You know, we represent our country no matter who races. So um, it was cool to see them go Amen. over there. Canada killed it again. So um, regardless of how they did, at least they're proud to represent our country. So I'm I'm pumped on that. Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. They're just uh, they're happy to go over there and, and spend the time and the uh, and the money necessary. I know a lot of these guys come out of pocket to to travel some family over, yeah. and, and like I think uh, Osborne was quoted as being uh, like total expenses near ten thousand dollars for one particular race weekend. And I know that yeah. like no one's gonna no one's gonna have a bake sale for uh for for zach osborne but the fact is that ten thousand dollars is ten thousand dollars and uh um and for a guy like seeley who he's he's a california guy uh he's like let's say mud and those conditions are not his forte and still was able to to ride quite well up until the bike breaking and i think he even mentioned the fact that like those guys they like in the rain like when most mud races happen it's like it's it's survival out there yeah when when the when the euros get into mud they just go the regular speed in the mud. Like, yeah. you know, it's like, it's, it's just muddy. That's all. That's the only difference. And, and like that, that's just not something that you can even really compare. It's crazy too. Cause like, uh, you know, the French guys like Fabre, he kind of, I thought he kind of struggled all season, but all of a sudden come to nations, like those guys just pick it up. And uh, like, you know, obviously they have the experience next, next year we get red buds. So, you know, I think USA will win that one, but oh yeah, they they're fast. Like Jeffrey Hurlings came over here and dominated for a reason. You know, motocross is their forte, and uh, our sport is kind of going more towards supercross nowadays. So, you know, I think I think it's not as much of like a a big deal for us anymore as it used to be. But like those those guys ride in that all the time as we should, but we just, I think nowadays Supercross is making it like if it rains, you're kind of like, Oh, well, I don't need to practice today. Those guys just go ride, you know? And, uh, it's kind of like, kind of like a lot of the Washington stuff, you know, if it rains, you just either ride in the mud or go find a sand pit to go ride in. Cause it rains a lot here. So, um, you know, there's a reason why it Europeans are good in the mud and it rains a lot over there, but I was, I was pretty blown away that Hunter Lawrence killed it. And like, yeah, I, I didn't really know a whole lot about him. And then, uh, I mean, he, it wasn't luck either. Like he, he was fast and he's been fast all season. So it's pretty cool that he got a Geico deal. So we'll get to see him over here, you know, next year, or whatever, whenever he gets over here, but that'll be pretty sick. Yeah, 2019. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing uh, Hunter Lawrence. The kid's got all kinds of speed, and he's going to have a lot of uh, some good support coming over here. And I think that that that's the beauty of the the Burcross Nations. I think there's there's not a lot of people that watch the entire series uh, of the, the MXGP for a lot of years. We didn't even have an American uh, GP to, to to have even uh, yeah. those racers even in 
no anywhere near the same time zone for us to enjoy those races and like the the television package it wasn't exactly what what it, what it should or, or needed to be for people to watch it uh for like even 10 years ago um and uh yeah i think i think now with uh given that that race and seeing these guys excel it, it's really really cool and i think that it's it, we've seen it in, in the past even that's the, that's where uh guys like uh, grant langston uh, have had unbelievable finishes uh yeah. and tommy Searle, the same idea that's how he got his ATM ride back in the day, and, and uh, this is a great opportunity for this kid to continue his success and uh, and get off of that uh, god awful Suzuki. <laughs> Dude, I I'm really looking forward. You know, next year hopefully everything goes good, so I can I can do some of the USGPs because that's just a good. I I think you always learn something, especially when you race and uh, when you race just that many different people. Like last year going to Megoria and racing that I learned a ton from that race and I gained a lot of confidence and uh I think it's better for everybody because it's fun to race against different people you kind of have that pride aspect where you want to show you know hey we're fast here in the states you know and uh Europeans though man they they're good at outdoors right now but the crazy thing is you put them indoors they're fast too so um it's just the way the sport's going now, it's like hurlings, we get those great guys every, you know, 10 or 20 years or whatever. And like, I feel like hurling's kind of that new guy that's on top of it right now. So hopefully Kenny will get back healthy and, you know, get back to his winning ways. So we have someone over here we can compete with hurlings, but it's fun. It was fun to watch the GPs and the nation. So. Absolutely. Well, like, there's going to be a whole lot less watching racing happening for Noah McConaughey in the in, in the coming new year. We're looking forward to that. Uh, a man who's probably more like uh, uh, the, the actor who he shares a namesake uh, than he would be willing to admit. All right, all right, all right. Uh, but the reality is is that uh, you are still a fan of the sport, and we do appreciate that. Uh, Noah, where can people find you on social media so that they can connect with you, follow your story, and and, uh, and just keep up on all things Noah McConaughey. Yeah, on uh, Instagram, it's just Noah McConaughey. And uh, Facebook, I just made a racing page, so it's Noah McConaughey Racing. And, uh, you know, I just try to keep updated on those. I don't just keep it strictly to racing. I try to put my personal life in there. So, um, you know, <laughs> lately, the last six months have been no racing. So lots, kind of, of per- lots of personal life in there. Yeah, lots of personal life. So it's it's fun to get that part of your life, though, you know, um, especially when you're a privateer, you know, racing is your life. And then when you get on a team, you can kind of have a balance of the two. But, um, you know, getting getting that kind of fresh air and just you get to live and experience different things. So that's been nice the past six months and I'm, it definitely gave me a new appreciation for riding and, you know, feeling like, man, this is truly what I want to do, you know? So when you have something taken away from you like that, it gives you a different perspective of it. So yeah, just go on Instagram, give it a follow and get on Facebook and uh, share it, like it, just whatever you feel like. 
Beautiful. Now, uh, I'll, I'll steal a page out of uh, my good friend Steve Mathis's book, and uh, he recently did a podcast with uh, with the great Adam Cianciarulo, who uh, who's a huge music fan. The two of them are actually, and uh, it was a pretty interesting podcast. Top ten songs that uh, that Adam liked altogether. But I won't ask you for ten songs. But right now, if you had to decide, like one song to come out to opening ceremonies for Supercross with, what's your song? Oh man, I don't even, I don't even know. Uh, Lecrae just dropped a new album, and uh, I believe my favorite song on his album is called "Broke." So I'd probably, I'd probably have to go with that one. Fair um, well, maybe. Maybe we'll uh, steal that off YouTube or something like that, and we'll uh, we'll we'll throw that in the the extro of this particular video. <laughs> but uh, um, like, so 2018 most likely still head to toe in Fox and or Shift. Yeah, yeah, that's you know. Um, I've also I've been meaning to give them a huge shout out this whole time. So um, yeah, I'd like I definitely like to stay with them. They they were huge during my recovery. I mean. They donated uh, Dungy, Cincerello, Savachi jerseys for me to help sell and uh, auction off and cover, you know, the hospital bills are a lot. So um, they've been amazing. And uh, they actually, because my van was in the San Diego airport while I was in the hospital. So uh, Ted Hannibal, he flew down and got my van, parked it in uh, the Fox HQ in Irvine. And then, you know, a couple months later, I came down to pick it up. So they've They've been just like my family the past, you know, I've ridden for them for forever now. So I definitely like to keep that going. So hopefully, hopefully everything, uh, we can keep the same going into the next year. And, you know, I'm just appreciative of, you get to see like all the true people behind you. Um, when it's not right, when you get injured, it's kind of that medium point, you know, and everybody's always there for you when you're in the hospital. And then it's kind of the point of that middle you know, when you're recovering and riding's on the horizon, but kind of in the middle and you feel like people don't care. And they're one of those companies and uh, a good friend of mine, Dave LaFrance, he, he's one of the Fox reps out here. And, uh, you know, they just made me feel appreciated or appreciated the whole time and special. And they treated me like family. So they're definitely one of the companies that I'd like to ride for, for life. If it works out, you know, nowadays it's, it's hard once you get on teams, you know, you got to do whatever, wherever direction that goes. So, you know, just hopefully everything works out so we can stay lit kitted for next year. So kits will be lit. Uh, and, and, and you'll have more too many helmets. Last time I talked to you at milestone, you're telling me about how you have, dude, I have too many helmets. I was like, <laughs> first of all, not a thing. Secondly, fuck you. Third, <laughs> Can I have one? No, but seriously, that's really cool, and it's great to ha- see that you're uh, um, like embraced by a brand and, and a rep that uh, can really back you. And not to mention, uh, uh, there's not too many years where you can look back and be like, "All right, well, f- like F- uh, Fox wasn't absolutely killing it that particular year. Maybe that Latinese that 2008 when James Stewart read or the last year, they, they were, that was that wasn't amazing. But we'll we'll give them a pass on that one based yeah. on uh, the rest of their history. But uh, Noah, it's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Glad we, you were able to. I was able to kill some time for you, as you were yeah. able to kill some time for me. And we got two birds stoned in the time. As <laughs> always, 
Appreciate the time, my friend. We'll let you lift that iron, get that swell on so that you can take some gym selfies. Uh, but, uh, yeah, podcast sake, we'll cut it off right around there. Dude, perfect. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. So hopefully, uh, you know, you got to get those t-shirts made so we can get you out to Supercross.